Just as a disclaimer, we want you to know that some of the movies that we will be reviewing were shot in a different time and era where people of race and sex were not treated equally. We understand this and hope you do too. The movies or anything that happened on the sets are not the views of this podcast or what this show is intended to be all about. Exactly. And we want to give due diligence in presenting the movie and not the views of the cast or directors or anyone involved. But we also feel it's necessary to let the audience know some of the background information to get a feel for what was happening at the time of shooting the film. Again, we hope you understand that we do not agree with everything that went on and we just want to give out the information. And with that being said, hope you enjoy the show. J. Fox, life hasn't been easy. Hello? Hi. I'm going through changes. His voice is changing. Give me a keg of beer. Is there anything wrong with me? He's got hair on his chest. He stopped being a boy. What do you think about to get worked up? At last, he's become... Scott? An explanation is probably long overdue. Dad, an explanation? Look at me. Look at you. He's always wanted to be something special, but he never expected this. Teen Wolf. He's got style. There's something different about you. Did you change your hair? He's got class. Wolf person. He's got hair all over his body. Wolves aren't supposed to be shy. He's a wolf in teen's clothing. And tonight is his night to howl. Teen Wolf, a new comedy with Michael J. Fox, star of Back to the Future. Hi guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema podcast. I'm your host Jimbo and joined today by my co-host Kyle here again. Kyle here once again. Uh, Today is episode 74. We'll be talking about the movie Teen Wolf. So Kyle, before we get started, I'm going to throw a couple of uh, questions your way. All right. A couple of them. Hit me with the fastball. Hit me the fast one, then the second one. Number one, Kyle. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite Michael J. Fox movie? Doc Hollywood. I was right. I was, I was. I was. I was right prepared for that. I mean, Back to the Future, of course, it's an absolute universal classic. Everyone loves it. I love it too. But uh, Doc Hollywood's personal favorite for mine. I love it. Oh, you really blew me away with that one. I wasn't I was, expecting I was you was right. Really. Yeah. Okay. Well, you were ready for that one, so I have to throw one that you're not ready for. <laughs> uh, mine would probably be probably either this movie or 
um, what was that one? Secret of My Success or yeah. that would be Yeah, no, I never. <laughs> um, Kyle, if you were a character in this movie, who would you be? Okay. Not who you would want to play, but who <laughs> would you be? I feel like there's a very obvious joke to make about me, but I don't want to make. <laughs> um, I'm gonna make you be mean to yourself. Yeah, exactly, I'm not gonna be mean to myself. Uh, no, no, no. I, I, uh, a character who I I think I could pull off, but I'm Coach Finstock. <laughs> it's my favorite character movie. Who I'd want to play that. So I, that's where I want to be, and also who I could possibly fall into. I'm gonna have to say but, you're the guy that holds the jello or has to eat the bowl of jello. I can't think of his name at the moment, but he also that, played Francis from. Pete Herman. Exactly. That guy too. Chubb, Chubby. Uh, Mark Holden playing Chubby. Yeah. Chubby. <laughs> I love that guy. Very on the nose. So, uh, well, since we've already which destroyed character? this episode, go ahead and take it away, Kyle. No, no, I, gotta, I gotta find out which, which character would you be in Teen Wolf, oh, Who do I think I would be or yeah, who yeah. I would be? Either um, one. Either one. Gibby. Well, I would, like to th- I would like to think I was Styles <laughs> at some point because I do some pretty crazy stuff at times. Like, uh, you know where he gets on Car top surfing, of that. All that stuff. when he does that. Well, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, my dad. Back in my days, to, my dad's listening to this. So, uh, but we used to do those Chinese fire drills. We'd go. And, and, I mean, I'm talking about busy interstates. You stop at a red light. You both open up the doors. Everybody piles out of the car, runs around the car. You have to make it all the way back around and hop in before the lights turn green. Nice. So I did that a couple times in my life. Sorry, Dad, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> so I see a lot of styles in myself, but who I could actually probably pass now. Would probably be the dad, um, oh, Harold because Howard, now that yeah. I have a son and daughter, you know I see some of the fatherly instincts in him. So, uh, and I kind of look like him now because I'm getting a little overweight and gray. So, <laughs> there's you're definitely that. locked into the dad gear right now in your life, yeah. in, your, in, your, in your, this part of your life. Okay, I understand. All right, so I'll um, proceed forward. We have Teen, the movie Teen Wolf, released on August 23rd, 1985, directed by Rod Daniel. Writers are Jeff Loeb, as uh, uh, credited as Jeff Loeb the Third, and Matthew Wiseman. Producers were Mark Levinson and Scott Rosenfeld. Composer was Miles Goodman. Cinematographer was Tim uh, Schertstret. <laughs> I pronounced that right. Editor Louis Freeman Fox. Casting director Paul Ventura. Production director Chester uh, Kazinski. Opening weekend, we have a gross earn- we have a gross earnings of uh, oh we'll see if I can actually find that budget real quick. Uh, no, no, okay, so opening weekend we have opening weekend earnings of six point one million dollars. That'd be equivalent of about uh, about fifteen million dollars today, roughly here and there. And uh, gross over worldwide, it was a uh, thirty three million dollars over time, and that'd be of course equivalent to about ninety million. Um, ten today's money or close to a hundred million actually, roughly. That's rough estimations. I didn't do the calculations off the top of my head. <laughs> I did do them off the top of my head as it goes. Um, let's see here. Moving on, we got technical details. We have a runtime of ninety-one minutes. Sound mix is mono. This is a color movie. The aspect ratio is one point eight five by one. Camera vision is a camera is a Panavision Panaflex. And the process spherical in the printed format was 35 millimeter. Moving on, we'd usually go on to the blah, 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 awards, but we couldn't find it for any of this movie, so we're going to go straight to my big old part, the cast. We, of course, have the legendary Michael J. Fox playing Scott Howard. Of course, you know Scott Howard from movies like the Back to the Future trilogy, 
Doc Hollywood, my personal favorite, as we do like no, we know Scott Howard from that, or we know Michael J. Fox from that. <laughs> we need Michael J. Fox from Back to the Future. You know, like just Scott Howard. Scott Michael Howard's Fox. in Scott Howard is the uh, Teen Wolf from the Future. He's <laughs> really imbued his role in that film. We gotta go back, Marty. Michael J. Fox is playing the same role in that entire decade. Just <laughs> let's be honest. Um, anyways, he was also um, in the Spin City series, and he was the lead voice actor for he played Stuart in Stuart Little Movies. I love those movies. <laughs> Such a weird movie. I know. <laughs> these two parents go to orphanage. Oh, look, all these kids about a home. We'll take the rat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're so cruel. I mean, the movies are good. Don't get me wrong. But also, <laughs> imagine being that orphan and being like, you took the mouse over a <laughs> <For> kid? <laughs> you're going. Kyle's <laughs> <Giles, laughs> lost it, folks. <laughs> I'd be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> Last week they got the cat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or even more messed up Stuart Little like, the, the cat can talk to the mouse, but the mouse can't the cat can't talk Why? <laughs> okay, it's not about this it's is not about teen, Stuart this Little. It's the Teen Wolf podcast. Not the Stuart Little podcast. We'll get to him later. Um James James Hampton plays Scott Howard's father, father, further father, Harold Howard. Um, you'll recognize James Hampton from movies like Sling Blade, the 1974 The Longest Yard, and The China Syndrome in 1997. <laughs> Next up, we have Susan Your City plays uh, Boof. <laughs> Boof. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also a multiverse for Back to the Future with Biff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Sister. laughs> Boof and Biff. <laughs> Starcross lovers, yeah. Boof and Biff. Uh, <laughs> she was in movies such as the 1995 The Walking Dead, not at all related to the zombie franchise. Um, she was also in the movie um, Zapped and Defense Play. Next up, we have Jerry Levine playing Styles. Um, he was in Born on the Fourth of July, um, The Way of the Dog, and the movie K Nine with uh, I believe it was uh, Jim Belushi in 1989. <laughs> Next up, we have Matt Adler playing Lewis. He was in the movies Flood Navigator, The Day After Tomorrow, and North Shore. Then we have Lori Griffin playing Pamela. She was in the movies Drug Runners, Cheerleader Camp, The Burning Zone, and Aloha Summer. <laughs> James Mackerel. Plays a fish. Okay. Um, James Mackerel plays um, Vice Principal Mr. Thorne. He was in movies such as Gremlin, The Howling, and Annie Hall. Then we have Mark Arnold playing Mick. He was in the most recently Blade Runner 2049, Angel Has Fallen, and the Florence Foster Jenkins. Then we have Jay Tar- Tarsus playing Coach Finstock, my favorite character. We'll have to learn him <laughs> more now. Um, he's mostly just known for being a writer for films like. The Days and the Nights of Molly Todd. Um, the show opened all night in 1981 and 1982. And the Black Tie Affair. Then finally we have Mark Holton playing Chubby, or Chubb. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> the character I'd be cast as by Jimbo. <laughs> who was uh, in Leprechaun. Yep. And he was also in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And The Naked Gun. <laughs> the bike stop for self, Francis. <laughs> and that is the cast for Teen Wolf. You know what? I don't think I've ever had as much fun of a cast as we just had doing your cast roles with this one. <laughs> the Stuart Little digression is like, we gotta talk about Stuart Little over just a second. Cause like, oh my god. Alright, Kyle, I'm putting that you on the crazy. spot. 
Mm-hmm. Give me the synopsis of Team Wolf. Don't look at that paper in front of you. I wanted to see I, I, off the top of your head. Off the top what would you say? Of my head. The synopsis. Your synopsis would be of Teen Wolf. You know, it's a it's a it's a father and son coming of age story. You know, uh, uh, you know, a boy turns into a man, or in this case, a boy turns into a werewolf, and has to live with the um, responsibility of being a uh, being a uh, athlete and a popular skin and growing up, basically. So it's <laughs> you know, like. Kid finds out he's a werewolf and has to like live the consequences of that. I, well, and I, I would, I would, I'm bad I would at also, I would also say like um, maybe a, a, I would, I'd say a non-popular kid um, being thrust into the limelight. Their basketball team's terrible. Uh, like he 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 likes the the popular girl, and um, once he discovers that he's a werewolf and things start changing for him, he becomes Mister Popular to the point where he starts. Doing away with his good friends, you know, putting them on the back yeah. shelf because the popularity uh, is overtaking him, and he's like the sports star and everything. So, yeah, it goes from a nobody to an all star, basically. Right. Yeah, and uh, having to deal with like the responsibility of like what it, that what that means. Like, you can't you have to remember where you came from and who actually matters in your life, and not just people who appreciate you now because you're popular. Right. You know, uh, very well done. Very well. Yes. Done. So let's Perfect talk. About, yeah, so let's let's start talking about this movie a little bit. Uh, Scott Howard. It was Michael J. Fox, a.k.a. Stuart Little. His house was located on the same block as the 1955 George McFly's and 1955 Lorraine Baines' houses from Back to the Future. So it's pretty interesting that they kept the the world. Like, is, like right there, yeah. The world is. Like all the general aesthetics are still with Back to the Future. This is still like essentially an 80s movie all the right. way through, you know. Just you know, go from one to the other really easily. And this, this shocked me too, especially being an 80s movie, that it only took 21 days to shoot. Yeah, really, really quick production time, especially which is it's, it's kind of interesting because of all the makeup that they, which we'll get to later on about the makeup for the uh, werewolves or the wolves, but yeah, that takes a lot of time. Still, but also like we got through with the makeups, like they they filmed a lot of that stuff afterwards with the makeup, so like they clearly segmented the times of these movies very, very well. Of like, okay, these are the basketball scenes, these are the right. high school scenes, and these are the the werewolf scenes, and they're all very. Um, Delegated properly. I think. We'll talk about that here in yeah, a little bit sorry, too about the about the filming in the um, high school gym because it was actually uh, right next to an airport, so they had to stop filming when the airplanes would take off and then restart. All of them were impressive. Get in twenty one right. days then, just exactly. like you have to stop filming because a plane's going to red. Oh, driving me nuts. A boof was actually boof. based on one of the writer's high school girlfriends. Yes, that was her real name, Lisa Boof Marconi. Was her real name? So boof. Boof. Man, uh, school was tough for Boof. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, Michael J. Fox hated this film. He, he really didn't He didn't want to return for the sequel. If you remember the sequel, I think it was uh, Jason Bateman that played, uh, was it his cousin or something? Uh, yeah. So it was yeah. a boxing movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said in an interview when, when uh, well, Back to the Future was in production, he says, uh, Steven Spielberg's down the street making these great movies and here I am playing a werewolf. <laughs> So I, I totally get that, you know. It's like, I'm doing this romantic comedy semi monster flick, and like here is Steven Spielberg making these Oscar worthy films and Emmy worthy films all yeah. this stuff, and he's just like, "Why wow, I'm stuck here, man? I am messing up," you know. But even though now it's a classic film, I'm sure he actually has some love for it as well. Right at this point, you know. Uh, when Susan Ercity slapped Michael J. Fox, she actually did it too hard at first. The Mr. Daniel had to explain what a softer stage slap was. Um, also, according to Rod Daniel, somewhere in the vault is about an hour of the most embarrassing sports footage ever taken. 
I can believe that. I can believe that. <laughs> they certainly didn't look like they were good basketball players. I'm sure they weren't actually they trained. So that person just amazingly. Kyle, bad. is there any footage of you playing sports back from your high school days? Oh, let's say no. <laughs> Well, because I was going to say, they could be a uh, run for the most embarrassing footage sports. I, I have no idea if the recordings exist, but there is there is footage of me commentating basketball games. No. Despite me knowing no. absolutely nothing no. about basketball. Kyle, I need those. We are putting those they on the podcast. They are not good. They are not good. Yeah, he just put the wrong thing in the, the hole. Yeah, that number player is dribbling the ball. And it. I have to find these They're now. going left. They're going that right. That's something I never knew about you. I have to find these. I need evidence. It's like two or three games where I commented on I have no idea if there's even recordings of them. That is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but no actual recordings of me playing the sports because even I knew better than that. <laughs> What's even better is while Kyle's playing the sports, he's commentating on himself. Exactly. <laughs> uh, he's just crying the whole time. <laughs> I don't want to do this. This hurts. Um, Michael J. Fox and Jeff Glosser couldn't eat solid foods while they were in their makeups. So they had to just drink milkshakes and soup. Uh, that's, that's terrible. <laughs> At least, hopefully, it wasn't at the same time. <laughs> that sounds awful. A soup shake. Your noodle soup. Your milkshake. Your shake. <laughs> well, man, I mean, you can't eat solid food. I'm wondering what the restroom oh, schedule is because that'd be terrible too, mm-hmm. especially with all that makeup on and stuff. Oh my gosh. Um, co-screenwriters uh, Jeff Loeb and Matthew Wiseman interviewed several directors for this movie. They asked the directors, "Hey, what do you think this movie was about?" Most of them said, hey, it's about a werewolf. Rod Daniel was the only one who said it was about a father and son, and he got the job. So it's very very interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Michael J. Fox's double was Jeff Glosser, who was a college basketball player at the time. And also their mascot for the the high school mascot was the beaver. It was actually the beaver uh, mascot for the Oregon State University, the beaver logo, which is was used in by the school at the time, the college at the time. It did kind of make sense. Like, like, this school basically got a whole new mascot, but they didn't know quite what to do with it. So it was like, <laughs> the beaver and the wolf. Uh, yeah! <laughs> no one quite knew what to do, which I is like, definitely real, too. Like, whatever, and I liked how Styles tried to, uh, Styles tried to uh, you know, Cash yeah. in on the popularity of the the wolf, like <laughs> trying to get shirts and, and, for the and right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> the wolf transition uh, shots were filmed at the last uh, shots. Uh, Rod Daniel voiced all of the growls in the movie, and he said, "I didn't even get a nickel." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one thing about the transition shots, actually, I think this is really impressive to have like really grat like. Because like when we like you've seen films like American Werewolf from London, so like that they have like really brutal transformations of one of a human to a werewolf. But this is like a very very uh, believable way of also a PG of showing the transition from a human to a werewolf that I really appreciated from a practical effect standpoint. Because you know it's both like it's interesting to watch, but it's not like too graphic or like uh, it doesn't look painful or awful. Well, I mean that right. one scene that looked painful. What was it when he was um, first looking in the mirror when he first transformed? Yeah, and his like face is bubbling all there, that. There's definitely some like he's worried for. Sure, but I don't think he's even doing a real bubbling. His face just kind of like um, does like split trans. Uh, and then he opens up his mouth. And you see it, the teeth. You yeah, know? yeah. It just cuts to him having the part on his body, and then it, like it's really, really good. So imply like, oh, it's still happening gradually, but it just it's like they just put layers on him over every single right. shot, and it makes a lot more sense. So it's like it's both. Uh, it's mildly disturbing, but like very appropriate still for a kids' movie, which is good. You know, even though I don't know if this is really a kids' movie, right? So. 
Uh, Michael J. Fox's fame rose steadily while filming due to the increasing success of Family Ties, the TV show from 1982. By the end of production, Fox needed more security than he did at the beginning. <laughs> so, uh, there it is. Yeah. Uh, the jersey worn by Michael J. Fox was sold to Dinah Collections, uh, Beverly Hills Pawn Shop, for $30,000. To me, that's a steal. I'd have that thing hanging in this room right now. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. That's a be <laughs> awesome. Flexible. Make it happen. Okay, I'll get right on it. Uh, Howard... Harold Howard tells Scott, with great power comes an even greater responsibility, which is an expression usually associated with Spider-Man. Screenwriter Jeff Loeb was also a comic book writer who wrote Spider-Man comics. So that's very There's cool. Some, definitely some, like, yeah, some very, like, very intentional reference there, basically. You know, and can't top that line anyway with great, you know, great power comes great responsibility. You just can't top that. <laughs> Jerry Levine said that this is his most famous character he's ever played, and that decades later he's still known all over the world for playing Styles. One time, a fan recognized him at the Western Wall in Jerusalem. <laughs> so I was like, wow. How small would the world feel at that point? Yeah. You're kidding me. Here? Yeah. Of all places. <laughs> Teen Wolf. Really? That's the movie And yes, it. it was really Styles on top of the van, not a stuntman. He was secured with a wire that ran through the van's roof, up his pants, and around his waist. So even then, that sounds incredibly dangerous for the actor. But I mean, you can see, uh, you can tell he was having fun up there, though. You know, oh, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you were secure like that, why not? Yeah, you wouldn't necessarily worry, but still, like, you know, he fell off and then a steel wire's digging into your leg. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> or he slammed on the brakes too hard and the thing broke or something. Yeah, 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 snapped off and just launched him. That'd be really, really bad. But still, a lot of fun, too, in the right moment. Like, if you know what you're doing, you're okay. But also scary. Uh, the dance- I wouldn't do it. <laughs> uh, that would be funny. Uh, the dancing was choreographed <laughs> by Janet Rostin, who later directed the Los Angeles Rock Opera Company. Uh, Michael J. Fox had a dance double for some of these scenes. Rod Daniel joked that Fox was a terrible dancer. <laughs> That's also oh, not really surprising. I can't believe you ever see. Daniel also admitted that the glowing eyes were cheesy, but said, hey, it was part of the charm. Um, the extras were so excited to be part of the movie that Rod Daniel said he didn't even have to direct them. They showed up for all six days it took to film the basketball scenes. So That's pretty cool. That's that. good. Uh, yeah, well, so six, at least six days out of the 21 were the basketball scenes, so... Yeah, about a third of the time. Uh, James Hampton, who played Scott Howard's father, Harold, said at a Teen Wolf convention, which I didn't even know existed, that he was originally cast as Coach Finstock. Huh. So, that's interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and, and part of the script for the movie, uh, Scott actually appears on The Tonight Show. It was uh, the only scene that wasn't shot. So, that'd be interesting, too. Get a little fun fun scene in there, basically. Yeah. 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 On the cutting room floor. <laughs> Uh, yeah, in 2011, there's an MTV sh- TV show called Teen Wolf. Um, other than the title and some of the characters, it has nothing to do with the film, or little to do with the film, but it is more inspired to it actually gives a little nod to um, it. One fact, though, uh, James Hampton plays um, he plays the narrator of the Teen Wolf show, right. so he's the narrator of those episodes, which is pretty cool. Yeah. According to Rod Daniel, when test audiences first got, saw Scott's dad as the werewolf, they went insane. He said the laughter was so loud it obliterated the next minute of the film. That's fantastic. That's it's, it's, it's so good. It's so good. His whole face is just like it's a shame you only see it once. It's a shame. It's it's just such a good like old man werewolf is hilarious. Yeah. Um, when Scott sinks the final shot and wins the game at the end of the movie, he goes into the stands and hugs his father. Immediately behind Michael J. Fox and James Hampton, an extra in a red sweater can be oh. seen with an unzipped fly. 
This mm-hmm. incident later resulted in an internet rumor that the extra is a man exposing himself. However, the unmatted full-frame version of the film reveals that the extra is actually a young woman. Apparently, her pants were too tight, and she unbuttoned and zipped them so she could sit down on the bleachers. Filming commenced when she stood up later while, uh, while the final scene was being filmed, and she unbuttoned uh, buttoned and zipped up her pants. So Maybe she had Denny's breakfast like we did this morning. And had, had, uh, <laughs> just, yeah, just kind of relieve herself right there. But there's, and, once again, you see how internet rumors get started just from something that happened in the movie. You know what I mean? It, yeah, we're in the 80s and 90s. That's still the, that was last year we could really get away with that. You know, of like those kind of rumors going around. Right. Nowadays, you can't really do that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> still, slightly embarrassing. <laughs> uh, the werewolf makeup took nearly four hours to apply, but it only took James Hampton 30 seconds to rip it off because it made him feel claustrophobic. Hmm. Which I can see that because he had a full, full, the full oh, face. Oh, yeah, a full fur. He basically had a carpet on his face. <laughs> carpet face. <laughs> and originally Scott was going to start the final basketball game as the werewolf, but Rod Daniels decided to have Scott play the whole game as himself, which I thought really brought the movie back down to a a family level, you know what I mean? Where yeah, he realized, so. You know, find the, the finer things in life. Right. <laughs> so, Kyle, give me your thoughts on this movie. I think this movie is excellent. I think it's one of the top. You know, I think it's one of the top Michael J. Fox movies out there, and a, a great watch. Um, maybe not quite as a kid appropriate today as people thought it was back in the time, um, just because there's some like you know, a little more poorly aged scenes and that kind of things, or some um, college scenes. Yeah, or some college level scene, yeah. scenes of uh, underage drinking and you know, kind of like partying. And, and, yeah, and. You know, Getting lucky, things like that. <laughs> getting lucky, <laughs> getting lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe not quite. Um, still a kid of everything, but a young adult movie. Still, like they can get it and appreciate it as they like. But um, overall, it's a good film for uh, adults, especially too. So very enjoyable, very fun to watch, and uh, I love it too. So I enjoyed it very much. Jim, what would you think? Uh, man, this is such a fun film. Um, man, back when you're a kid and you watch this stuff, it's just. Unbelievable. I mean, it's a little cheesy now going back and watching it. Yeah. But it's so funny. Um, oh, yeah. And the part, you know, that always, you know, usually sticks out one of the most memorable scenes is where, you know, Styles is trying to get the beer out of the, from the liquor store or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, you need to go in. He's like, I can So he's like, all right, I'll go. So he goes in and, and he's like, he goes up there, you know, he's all nervous and he goes up there to the counter and he's, the guy just looks at him like, yeah, right. You know? yeah. And then he, he's like, his eyes start glowing and he's like, give me a keg of beer. And he's just like, here, you know, take it. You yeah. know, so he comes out and Styles can't believe it, you know what I mean? But the whole transition, you know, from him struggling with what am I going to do to, because um, you remember like in, in, in the high school scene where he's, Starting to transform, and he runs down the hallway, and his principal's looking at him, and he goes to the sink or whatever. You're like, oh, he's, white, busted. Yeah. he's busted now. And then his his uh, teacher finds that hair or whatever in the sink or whatever. But great mm-hmm. movie. Uh, I'm not a big Michael J. Fox fan. If you've listened to our Back to the Future episodes, you'll you'll realize that. But I like this movie. Back to the Future is real okay, but this movie to me is probably Michael J. Fox's best, uh, just because he's he's believable. You know, and oh, some yeah, of his yeah. others, other roles, he's not very believable. But, um, and this makes you think, you know, what happens if there really was werewolves or vampires or, you know. How he lived day to day life, basically, all you know, the kind of things like how a werewolf And, you know, you, you start yeah. thinking, and if that was me, what would I do? Yeah. Would I go car surfing? Would I go, 
you know. Mm-hmm. I would say this is definitely the movie where, like, I, I really believe he's a high school kid. <laughs> right. You know, like... Even though he was, I think, 23. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, you watch Back to the Future and, like, it's, it, it says he's in high school, but, like, he's an adult. He acts so much like an adult. He has adult, you know, like, he, he has this very smart lines, very intelligent lines. Kind of stuff. Like, he's too witty for a high school kid. But in this one, he's just kind of a like young doofus in his own little special way. Doofus. Like, like, yeah. I mean, Kyle, he's, we can't say that. You're going to get us canceled. He's a, <laughs> he's a square. He's a little... He's a young kid. He's bashful. He's annoying. He's annoying in all the young kid ways, which makes him more believable as a high school kid versus, like, all the other films. So this is the film where I feel like he's most... Like he's most accepting of his role in the movie because like he really does he just he, he feels like a young annoying kid in the best way possible. Like, I mean that's a compliment of his role. Well, not only that, but there's also like a love story aspect to it too, where the girl that he always thought that he wanted when he could finally have her, she only wanted him because he was popular at the time. And then you see that at the end of the movie where he just shoves her out of the way and goes and you know to the his, basically his friend or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, which is really touching. Mm. But yeah, I I, I recommend it. Uh, just remember, there are some scenes in there that are probably yeah, it's just yeah. more adult centered, I guess. But the, the, not even that. It's just different times. Like this film would have, like if if you were going to rate it today, it would be like an incredibly soft PG thirteen. I feel like, mm-hmm. except like maybe some specific words that get get thrown out there originally. But like you know, like even like little scenes, like the scene where he goes to buy the alcohol or something like that, like. Like um, uh, Styles is suggesting him that he bring a gun and hold up <laughs> right, the guy and yeah. then pay him so he can't like well you can't say you're robbed if you if you paid him even though you were holding up with a gun and it's like that's an insane thing to put in a kids movie you don't put that in a kids movie that's even pretty hard for a PG thirteen movie so it, like like I feel like like if this were filmed today there there's a PG cut of it and there's an R rated cut of this movie because like it kind of goes both ways in a lot of situations well like, if you go back to some of the games they were playing at the uh, uh, frat party or whatever where they lock the people in the, the closet together you know what I yeah mean? yeah uh, some of that stuff this could have been a raunchy comedy or it could have been a, a family comedy and they kind of kind of try and walk a middle line unintentionally right. where it's like it's a little bit of follow the film actually i think like but it's still like a good film overall for i believe young adults and up at least <laughs> right. or if you were born if you grew up with it in the 80s and you go back and watch if it you, now, if you're you experienced with it now of course if you're experienced with it now then like you're obviously an adult so you, you still apply right. to you know like so, I watched as a kid, I'm fine with it too. But still, like explaining to a young kid now, explaining some of those other kind of things that get thrown around. Like, mm, I don't know if I want to do that. Well, yeah, because they might not get some of the jokes that are in there because it's totally different now. You know, like sometimes my kids will tell me something and they're like, "I'm like, I don't get it," and then they call me boomer. You're a boomer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I just think it's stupid. <laughs> you know, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, I'll get so, that too. Mm-hmm. Well, with that being said, I think this episode's coming to a close, and uh, the next episode we'll be doing for the people keeping score at home will be what, Kyle? It'll be Hook, starring Hook. Robin Williams. Hook. 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 Captain <laughs> James Hook. Right, so next 19. week be on the lookout for the great movie Hook. Well, with that being said, this episode's coming to a close, and that's a wrap. And cut.